0: Monday morning quarterback. So we're going to talk about Mason Crosby. We're going to talk about the Packers dropping a game yesterday to the Detroit Lions. 31-23. Joining me this morning, Doug Russell filling in for Greg Masick, who's still in Colorado, basking in the champagne ecstasy of a Brewers win over the Rockies to, to take the NLDS. Good luck with TSA today, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> very good point. All right, so let's, let's talk about the Packers game. I know it received... Uh, uh, Second tier status yesterday because so many folks were focused on the, of course, the, the great Brewers game. But, uh, you know, for, for Packers fans, I'm one of them. That was a tough game to watch yesterday.
1: Oh yeah, it was ugly. There's there's not a whole lot that you can glom off of it that you could term as positive. I mean, they didn't give up. They had a, a decent offensive showing in the second quarter, but the same or the second half, I should say. But the same thing that's plagued them all season long plagued them again yesterday. A couple of things: number one, a slow start, and, and number two, the fact that they, when they had scoring opportunities, couldn't cash in on them by virtue of getting into the end zone. Forget the field goal attempts for a moment, and we'll get to it. I know that that were missed by Mason Crosby, but they put themselves in so many positions to not put the ball in the end zone and great teams don't do that they they score on those opportunities five games into this season this is a team that plays about 30 minutes of a 60 minute
0: game almost every week and it has become a consistent pattern where they're just not able to put it all together i mean we've seen this pattern before with the green bay packers and in some cases i think even in the 2010 season they overcame that but I'm not seeing a lot of positive trends that suggest this is going to be one of those seasons.
1: Well, in the 2010 season, don't forget they were 8-6 at one point. Yeah. I mean, this was a team that wasn't headed to the the playoffs. They had to win their last two games of the regular season just to get into the playoffs. They were the number 6 seed. They held a tiebreaker, and and that's when they went on their run. They got hot at the right time of the season. They treated the last two games of the regular, regular season like they were Quote unquote playoff games, and then they had to go on the road in three successive weeks, and they had to beat the number one seed, the number two seed, and the number three seed, not in that order, in first Philadelphia, then Atlanta, then the Chicago Bears, just to get to the Super Bowl. They got hot at the right time. And, you know, that wasn't a perfect team. Mm. The next year, when they went 15 and 1, they weren't a perfect team. They had a perfect offense, it seemed, but the defense was putrid. So you have to have all of these things kind of working in concert together in order to have a great run and, and a legitimate Super Bowl run. I'm not saying they got lucky in 2010, I'm saying they got hot at the right time in 2010. And Aaron Rodgers, as he has done throughout his entire career, really covered up a lot of the other warts that this team had. But they also had a more solid defense in 2010 than they did in 2011, despite winning 15 games in the regular season.
0: Doug Russell joining on Monday Morning Quarterback, sponsored by Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. Um, I'm going to make a Brewers analogy. Brewers have a nice mix of of veteran talent, young players. They've got a a coach who's very energetic and seems to be pushing all the right buttons Packers have a lot of younger players, and that's something that's been uh, char- characteristically uh, Packers-related for a few years now. They have, a, a, of course, the veterans, the Mason Crosbys, the, the Aaron Rodgers, of course. And a, and a coach that's been there a while and has won a, a, a Super Bowl, it doesn't seem to be coming together as, as it is for the Brewers. What, what, what do we make of this? We, last week it was about the Aaron Rodgers-Mike McCarthy friction. They've they've kind of padded that down or tamped that down. Well, they've tried. Do you think there's something there?
1: I think there's something there. Look, I don't think that you can have a relationship that goes on as long as they have had 13 years, 14 years um, without having some friction, whether it's look whether it's a, an interpersonal relationship with your spouse or your children or your boss or uh, a co-worker, any relationship that goes on that long that's that intimate is going to just human nature have some friction to it. It's what you do to get over that that you know, spells out whether or not it's going to be a successful relationship in perpetuity or not, even after both of them are gone from Green Bay. I mean, you look at the relationship that Brett Favre and and Mike Holmgren had. I mean, was there times where there was friction? Sure. But they were able to always work together, and now they, you know, still have a relationship to the state, even though they're not working together and they're not working closely together. So uh, is there some friction there? I'm sure there is, and I also think that that's human nature, and I don't think that that is something that fans should be overly alarmed about. You hear repeatedly about the friction that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick allegedly have. Maybe the difference is they've got more Super Bowl championships to show for it than the Packers have. So is there something there? Sure. Can they work it out? I suspect they probably can, but, you know... There are a lot of problems on this Packers team that I think it goes well beyond Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. There's just some personnel issues that it's just, it's just not working. It's not clicking right now.
0: As far as players of the game, I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. He had nine catches, 140 yards. I mean, he, he played, I think he's essentially playing hurt. Uh, He's a guy that shows up every week, but it's hard not to look at Aaron Rodgers. He had a couple fumbles, but 32 out of 52, 442 yards and three touchdowns. I go with Adams just because of the negatives that Rodgers had with the fumbles, and he actually had a few bad throws early on in that game, which kind of slowed down their uh, their progress. Ended up, uh, Packers were down at half, I think 24 to nothing. So, uh, any, any, idea, any, of your thoughts on player of the game?
1: Yeah, I, I think Marquez Valdez Scantling is kind of showing that he can play in this league and it's going to be important because the, the, the wide receivers that the Packers have are banged up right now. Like you said, even Devontae Adams, who did play yesterday and played admirably yesterday, that's great, but they're going to need this next crop of guys to step up and, Equimene St. Brown hasn't done it yet. Jamon Moore hasn't done it yet. But Marquez Valdez Scantling has shown that of this group of rookie wide receivers that they drafted this past uh, April, that, you know, if there's going to be one of those guys that can make that step, maybe it's him, especially with, uh, you know, the injuries to Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison and Devontae Adams, who was able to play yesterday. Doug Russell
0: joining me, filling in for Greg Matzik on Monday morning quarterback after the break drive of the game. And we'll have to figure out something as the, as the Packers dropped the game yesterday, Sunday, 31 to 23 to the Detroit Lions. And, uh, for Packers fans, I, somebody asked me this question yesterday. Are they the worst team in the NFC North? We'll debate that next right here in WTMJ. Ryan Longwell says, what? <laughs> Monday morning quarterback presented by Potamani Hotel Casino. Doug Russell filling in for Greg Matzik. Drive of the game... I'm going to let you go first, because I think we agree on this one.
1: Yeah, I think we do too. It's the uh, third quarter touchdown that Lance Kendricks caught uh, that sna- that really kind of snapped the Packers' offense into doing something. Uh, it was an 11 play, 55 yard drive, took four minutes and 41 seconds off the clock. But uh, you know, Lance Kendricks is one of those guys that boy, I-, I sure do like him personally. But he has been a terrible disappointment in the year plus that he's been here.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he's had issues dropping passes. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of promise on this team. And, and a lot of guys that, that you expect would be doing better than, than uh, they have performed. But when we look at this team, and I do agree with you on the drive of the game, by the way, um, th- there's not a lot of highlights from the game. The Packers hung in that game probably uh, more so than most people thought, and, and even the, the final score does, I don't think reflects the, the, total, the totality of the game. But when I look at the Packers, and I said at the start, they're not playing 60 minutes. Now, I don't know, I don't know where to look for the blame on that one, whether it's conditioning whether it's coaching, you and I were talking during the break about uh, coach fatigue. McCarthy's been mm-hmm. here, what, 13 years now? No. Yeah. Um, sometimes the message gets stale. Sometimes sure. you can't motivate the same the same way you did 13 years ago or even five years ago. Different set of players, not many
1: players left from the, the 2010 championship team. Well, even Larry Bird said it uh, in a different sport. He said that he would, when he agreed to coach the Indiana Pacers, I'll do this for three years. And after three years, the message is going to get stale because guys are tired of listening to the same message. And I, and he put it, and after three years, he was like, all right, see ya. And the Pacers were like, well, no, I mean, you're still a coach here. We still want you to coach. He's like, nope, I'm out. And he walked away Mm -hmm. because it was his firm belief. Now, I don't know that he's 100% right on that. I think everybody's got their opinion on that. But I think that's an interesting perspective on it. And true to his word, he walked away when he said he was going to walk away. I think there's something – I go back to Ron Reneke. Ron Reneke was not a bad manager for the Brewers. He led them to within two games of the World Series in 2011. But I think that his message at some point got stale. And that's why he was – one of the reasons why he was dismissed when he was dismissed. Um you know, you look at the run that the Brewers are on right now with Craig Council, how he's keeping it fresh, I don't know. Maybe that's what makes him a great manager, and I think that he is a great manager. Not even a great manager. Keeps his guys motivated, keeps everybody accountable, um, and, and it seems like he has that, that approach every single day. With Mike McCarthy, there's so much that goes into being... A head coach in the NFL. You're the CEO of the organization, at least football wise, so to speak. Um, you're the face of the organization. You're the one that has to meet the media the most often. You're the one that, in his case, calls the plays. Is there too much on Mike McCarthy's plate? I, you know. I think that's a possibility. I think that they're searching for answers right now, and I think that every stone has to be unturned, including that one.
0: Doug Russell filling in for Greg Matzig on Monday Morning Quarterback, presented by Pottawatomie Hotel and Casino. How much of this is on Aaron Rodgers? I, I watched the uh, the DVR game after I had watched it live, uh, the DVR on my uh, on my old uh, TV at home. And uh, looking at Aaron Rodgers, he missed some throws. He uh, obviously had a couple
1: fumbles in the game where he kind of held on to the, the ball too long. How much of this is on Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, some of it. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, he didn't have a great game. You look at his numbers and they are kind of eye popping. 442 yards, completed 32 passes. Like you said, he still missed a few. But in that second half, he was just chucking it to try to get this team back into the game. And I, you know, that's what you have to do when you're down 24 to nothing at halftime. His quarterback rating was over a hundred, which was great. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. That all looks good. Mm-hmm. The two lost fumbles. He was hurried the entire time. It seemed, but I think the offensive line did its part, for the most part, giving him time to find somebody. I just don't know that all the wide receivers that he was looking for were open. And like you said, he missed a couple of passes. Is this on Aaron Rodgers? Uh, You know, partially, yes. I I think it's partially on just about everybody. But when the quarterback wins games, he gets the lion's share of the credit. And when the team loses, the quarterback gets the lion's share of, of the blame. In this case, he shares it with Mason Crosby, but... Aaron Rodgers certainly should take a lion's share of the of the blame for this one. If you have a question for Doug,
0: 414-799-1620, the AccuData Mortgage Talking Text Line. Uh, you know, watch. Let's talk about Mason Crosby, a tremendous kicker, arguably the greatest kicker in Green Bay Packers history, and you, you could probably throw a few other names out there. But uh, that was about as bad as it gets for a kicker.
1: What What do you think's going on there? I just think he had a bad day. Um, look, sometimes I liken it to golfers. Okay. Uh, who's the greatest golfer of all time? Maybe Tiger Woods. Jack Nicklaus. Maybe Jack Nicklaus. Whomever you think the greatest golfer right now or of all time is, at times they've missed four-foot putts, right? Mm-hmm. At times we all miss four-foot putts. At times we can all make ten-foot putts. We all have the, uh, the the physical ability to do it. Sometimes you get the yips, and I think that happens to kickers sometimes too. He had it a couple of years ago when he really struggled, but by and large, and you're right, he's had a fantastic career Um, Nobody saw this 24 hours ago going into this game, but after you miss five kicks, four field goals, and an extra point, people are, are rightfully asking the question, why and what happened? Here's what happened. He had a bad day. Everybody has a bad day sometimes. The ability to turn the page and put it behind you, that's how he should be judged moving forward. If he can't put it behind him and it continues to be a problem, then you've got a real problem. But you can't judge a 13 year career or 12. It's been more than a decade, however mm-hmm. long he's been there. He's the Packers' all time leading scorer. You can't judge that totality of his career based on one afternoon. You can't do it. And if you do do it, that's not fair. I'm sorry. That's not fair. And I understand the fans' anger, but that's not the way you can take the long view of, of the way that he's performed throughout his career.
0: Doug Russell joining me, Steve's Cafitti on Monday morning quarterback, presented by Pottawatomie Hotel and Casino. After the break, our pack stat of the game. And I'm going to ask Doug the big question Is this a mediocre football team coached by a future Hall of Fame quarterback? Somebody said that to me yesterday, and I'm, I'm starting to think they're on to something. More on that next, right here in WTMJ. You're listening to Monday morning quarterback presented by Pottawatomie Hotel and Casino. Doug Russell, Steve Cafiti, with you on this morning. Couple quick questions off the Akin Morgan's talking text line. Doug, with the chart having the worst record for the defense against a run, why do you think the Packers didn't run more in the first half?
1: Because they fell behind so early. I mean, yeah, they were down 14 to nothing in the first quarter. They were down 24 to nothing in pretty short order in the uh, second quarter as well. So. You, you want to establish the run, but when you start to fall behind, you've got to try to put some points up on the board. I suspect that's what happened. I mean, I get it. The first half, you you were trying to keep it close, but in the second half, you were just winging it all over the place to try to get some points back. But you fall behind early, that's what's going to happen.
0: Another texter says, is Rogers playing conservative? Hard to argue he's conservative <laughs> when, he's, when he slings it 52 times.
1: Yeah, I mean, 52 times for the game, he completed 32 of those. If you look at uh, you know the first half, as well as I'm searching for the first half statistics, <laughs> as he flips the page, uh, you know, nineteen. He only threw the ball nineteen times in the first half, so mm-hmm. for 141 yards. I think
0: the game just got away from him. Once, once the game shifts like that, and you're down, it's at, at one point 24 to nothing. You got to pick it up, and, and that means yeah. throwing the ball. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call him conservative. I would disagree with that. All right, so let me ask you the question I asked you before the
1: break: Is this a mediocre football team with a great quarterback? I think they've been that for a long time. I think they've been a mediocre team for years and years with a Hall of Fame quarterback. This has been their M.O. That's why they made the change with Ted Thompson to Brian Gutekunst. I think what Brian Gutekunst brings is not only a long view of what this team should be, but also he knows that he's got a Hall of Fame quarterback that still is in the scope of his prime. If you're looking at a bell curve, he's still kind of on the top end of that bell curve. Certainly the slope will hit at some point, but he's going to be 35 on December 2nd. And... Hall of Fame quarterbacks don't fall off of trees. You've got to do everything that you can to get your team as far uh, toward a Super Bowl, or in this case, another Super Bowl in Aaron Rodgers' career, while you still have him. It's not about getting Aaron to the Super Bowl. It's like, you have this asset. Let's try to, to capitalize on it. And he's been aggressive. They tried to get Khalil Mack. It just didn't work out uh, because the Bears got him.
0: Doug Russell joining me on Monday Morning Quarterback. Pack Stat. My Pack Stat. I took it right off of Twitter. Packers handled the Lions 17 points off turnovers. And threw away 13 points on Mason Crosby's missed kicks. 30 points worth of mistakes. The, the final score was what? 31 23. No, 31 24. That's that's a
1: hard hard to overcome that. Yeah. Uh, my stat of the day is zero. It's <laughs> the number of punts Jake Scott had.
0: Isn't that amazing? Isn't They're, that crazy? Yeah.
1: In a game like that, they never punted,
0: and yet right. they they really didn't feel like they were ever in the game. It, it's absolutely stunning game. A lot of things had to happen for the game to go that way. One, Mason Crosby had to miss all those kicks. Sure. But a lot of other things had to happen. Aaron Rodgers had to be inconsistent. They had to get off to Mm -hmm. a slow start, not fumbling. Next week, Monday night game at Lambeau. San Francisco 49ers, what do
1: you think? Well, the 49ers stink, so... I mean, they lost Jimmy Garoppolo for the season, so he's got the the torn ACL. Uh, they lost to the Cardinals, and Arizona's been putrid so far this season, and Arizona handled them pretty well yesterday, on the road at, at San Francisco's place yesterday. So, you're getting the 49ers. What do you need to get the 49ers <laughs> for this Packers team? A bad opponent could heal our wounds. Doug right. Russell, thanks for filling in for Greg Matzik. You got it, thanks, Mon-
0: Monday morning quarterback presented by Pottawatomi Hotel and Casino. After the the break after the news we're going to talk some brewers they were winners yesterday in grand fashion in colorado that's all next right here in wtmj